What happens when a couple of guys who have spent the last 20 years working on their writing craft finally decide to get serious about publishing? Only to face a crumbling industry, AI written books, and a deluge of amateur self-publishing? Well, let's find out. This is Hacking It with Dan Allen and Rob C. So, Robert, let's dive into the latest update with the Hollywood strike. So this is an interesting protect. Now this was, uh, this was rejected by the writers. So did, did not go over well. So as far as uh, artificial intelligence protections, the companies are basically saying that it's not going to impact a writer's compensation. And so this is, this is the interesting part. I want to know what you think about it. Should a company furnish a writer with written material produced by GAI, which has not been previously published or exploited, the companies basically say that the GAI produced material is not considered assigned material when determining the writer's compensation. For example, if the company gives a writer a GAI produced screenplay and asks the writer to rewrite it, the writer will receive the fee for a screenplay with no assigned material and not a rewrite. Or if the company gives a writer a GAI-produced story as the basis for a tele- teleplay, the writer will receive the story and teleplay rate. So basically, I mean, they can either give you a, a screenplay that is totally produced by, by artificial intelligence, but they're telling the writers, if you rewrite it, we give it to you, you rewrite it, it's yours, we're, we're, or we're going to pay you what we would be paying you anyways. That's supposed to be the protection. Do you? Th- what do you think about that? Well, it brings a, a a larger question. Going back to one of the premises that you set up in 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 the last time about you know relevance and do we allow sort of the smaller jobs to the the AI or the generative tool or whatever mimetic system you use as a company or as a society it's about room you know and it's about what room are we going to have as creative people um and what will this new tool occupy Uh, so it's about rights and it's about room i mean does someone starting out at the little job of editing or maybe they score a small writer's job at a at one of these studios and they're one of like 10 writers in a room now they want to reduce that to three writers in the article i read you know they're, they're making they're making some kind of demands or something's being outlined in in terms of having a path toward having a, a bigger role as a showrunner for instance you know but but what it's but it's tricky because it's really allowing a lot fewer people and this machine occupying quite a bit of room this machine potential Again, in its present form, we don't yeah. know. Like tomorrow, in fact, it already is much, much more developed. Well, it's interesting because it it seems like they could be using AI from the language that's in there. Now they don't want to say this out loud, but it seems like they want to adjust or change the role of the writer. In the past, uh, so many writers uh, in Hollywood would get their get their break because of their idea these Hollywood execs could be looking at, we can save all of our money on Hollywood movie ideas through AI, come up with a dummy script, hand it to the script writer that they like the most. 
and then, okay, now make this presentable, make this filmable, you know, add the nuance that we need. Dan, how does this, you know, we're coming out, and again, to just remind ourselves, after a long period of working professional jobs that are unrelated to writing, um, you're in academia, I don't know if that's all right to say, but I think it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm insulted there, Robert. Uh, no, no. I, Cross I, I, the line. <laughs> you're in Oh, I don't want to, you know, unless you can always tell me what not to do, but, uh, but you, being in academia is, uh, is itself not really related to writing, even though we kind of think it could. And a lot of people that go into writing go into it with that hope, you know, that you could go into something that's parallel. But my point being that when, how does this even make us feel? Let's just get right to the nitty gritty. How do you feel yeah. about this? Because we talk oh. about it, the technical, and I love it, but what does it tell you? Are you afraid? With all of the new technology, self-publishing yeah. is made so much easier that you can do it today. Yeah. If, if you or I decided to take one of our manuscripts and upload yeah. it to KDP, which is Amazon's publishing, you know, online publishing a platform, we could do it. You don't even have to spend a dime. You just have to make sure it, you format it correctly. Somebody can write a, say, a book that they wrote poorly or they, they just whipped it out and they put it on, I say, Amazon, or they could use now the AI tool to just kind of push something in there, and, and they are doing it. And then they can pump their reviews through, uh, you can buy this, okay? You can buy something, uh, it's a service that gives you reviews. It's an AI service, an AI-fueled service that gives oh, you yes. a ton of reviews. It generates so good something like goodreads or the the sort of the benchmarks that people use to gauge if something they're going to maybe click on something to to listen to an audible to listen or to to read a book um those are, are all going to be suspect they already are suspect I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that in the last couple of years they've all already been suspect these have already been hacked so there you go one more hurdle yeah and, if, and how do you how would someone feel about even being um I mean, how would you feel about using something like that? That's just, that's just wrong. wrong, right? And that's why is it wrong? I mean, if they're all using and being successful, is success its own? Well, that's, that's the hard part too, because, you know, if getting them ready for publishing and publishing them are two different things. When you publish them, marketing is huge. And that's what I, I hear over and over again from even, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. If you don't market what you write, Nobody's going to pay attention to it. Nobody's going to read it. You're not going to have any sales. It's just there's too much white noise out there. So how do you right now break through all of the white noise with the quality of your writing? How are you? How are you and me? Because we don't know what other people are. I, you know, I, <laughs> it's a real thought in the back of my head. It's like, sometimes I feel like, am I sounding like just an automated program as i'm writing this like where yeah. <laughs> like it's i don't like i don't like it's it screwing you, it's screwing you up huh it does a, a little bit if i think about it too much yeah, until, I think you so. get in, until i get into that zone where yeah i am following it's like if you're playing basketball and you sh shoot a shoot a basket but you never miss because something come, comes in and just kind of taps it in it's just a tap a tap a tap a kind of thing exactly it's like uh did i score that or <sighs> i don't like it um I, I want to continue to explore it. I'm not uh, backing down from this. I think it, it's worth it's worth it as an experience for us as as, as writers. Uh, and there's some there are so many hurdles ahead. I don't want to 
sound negative, but these are this is a is this hostile territory, and we're coming into we're coming into it. Uh, that's why you mentioned the strikes because we're coming into it at a time where. By the way, uh, a lot of intellectual property is going to be drying up. You know, these streaming services—they are—they—they they try to hack the system too. They try, you know, they showed content. They, they were the alternative TV and away from TV. Now they've become exactly that, Dan. I mean, there are so many streaming services that have gone to add content. It's basically TV now. It's the same. Yeah. Uh, so things kind of go a little bit in a circle. Now with the white noise, I think it's been around for a while. I think still, and I'm hopeful still, uh, for me, uh, speaking for me, and I think, I think you're in the same boat. I don't know how you want to, you know, steer the, the, this ship to what you envision as, as, you know, getting on top of the mountains, you know, summiting this mountain. And that may look very different than it does for me. For me, I'll share that for me, it's, it's you know, like the action is the juice. <laughs> for me, doing the work is what, what go, gets me going for me producing a, a work that I feel satisfied with is what I want to do. Um, and the rest of it um, can really just go to hell because the thing is that we'll never be able to really uh, satisfy a certain, a certain platform. There are other questions that I want to get into with um, well, Yeah. Research. And from the writerfulbooks.com website, there's this article about AI and, and publishing yeah. and, one of the main disadvantages of AI in book editing and publishing is the risk of automation. AI technology can be used to automate editing and publishing, reducing the number of human editors and publishers in the process. This could lead to lower quality books and a lack of creativity and diversity in writing. King already wrote an article. I should share that with you. Now, Will, actually, we can talk about it next time. He talks very uh, candidly about his misgivings actually you know uh, whatever you think about Stephen King one way or the other the guy does write his own stuff he doesn't use a computer no <laughs> okay and he's a very prolific writer he gets it and he does it and that's a really important lesson and he talks about it doing it is what gets it done it's yeah. so simplistic and yet it's what it is but I wonder I want to ask you something about uh, these so-called little writers you know the yeah. writers that write the genre stuff that we both love, because I love genre too. I'm not out, so I'm not. I used to be a little bit more snobby, but man, that got out of me. In fact, I bought Star Wars books, and uh, I never got to read them. I, I just always thought one day I'll read these books, and I kind of skimmed. I think I read one or two, but that's something I want to talk about later on. Because do these writers that write these kind of books do they have a place, or should they just be replaced by the by sort of a, an AI tool? Are they worth having a shot like this? I just have doubts about AI's ability to generate its own story. What it's doing is that it's kind of recycling all the ideas that have happened before, <laughs> filling in the gaps. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what genre does. Genre writing does is takes the the tried and true model. Yeah. Adds its own individual flavor, and if you don't hit the common tropes in each genre, if you don't hit the common characters, the archetypes, you're, you're going to lose your audience. It's not well, going to, nobody's going to like it. So it's, it's kind of weird because it does well, kind of mimic what genre writing is a little bit. Well, one of the articles that I, I'm going to share with you later on too, and one of the ones I already did was about how to, where to start with, I bookmarked this a long time ago uh, with, um, 
with Star Wars books, you know, because it's such a gigantic universe. Universe. It became there's the so-called legacy, which I actually like. I think it's much more compelling yeah. than this. Uh, I mean, whatever you think that this this route, um, the, the 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 Disney canon nonsense, canon not canon. I think that Star Wars one day, obviously, it will become public domain. Right? It's going to be everybody's to write, and it already is in some way because there's fan fiction which is another form of writer writing that we'll have to delve into. It'll be fun to kind of go into one of these, say Star Wars stories that someone developed fan fiction, just read a, read a couple of, uh, a couple of chapters and then try to like rewrite it with the, with the chat uh, tool and see what it does. AI would have done a better job of coming up with a plot line because it would have stayed true to the, not just the old formula, but the old archetypes or the original archetypes that Lucas. What was that? The one? Oh, shoot, I should know this, but I think it was a second one, the second of the, uh, the last Jedi. It's yeah. a mess, but it's actually the 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 tool, the the AI tool, the generative tool, is really a reflection of of us, of ourselves, of what we do. You know, when you prompt something, you're sort of steering it and in, into all these little micro decisions that it's going to make through its algorithm and heuristic decision-making programs, similar to what these producers and big shots do, showrunners do with writers these days. So you could have a good writer. You could have these writers that write these genre stuff and have great ideas, but it's, it's going to come out to some editor or some, somebody's like, you know, what if we make him, you know, this, no, no, no. So people really don't know. And we're, we sort of know a little just because we're kind of fans of the process of, you know, Hollywood uh, movie making, all that. But there are a ton of decisions that get made that are out of control for the writer, for the creative person at almost every level. In some the hopeful part is how much control you can have if you go the pure self-publishing route. And that's what writers are doing. The writers want, writers who want 100% of not just their story, but their editing and the design of their book cover and that gives me hope because nothing is going to compromise that if we go the self-publishing route and then whatever happens, happens. Well, the short term. And I think that I have, uh, I, I know that I've come across as pessimistic about this technology, but in fact, I'm not. I think this is a very awkward stage and, uh, and it's also a phase in which there is going to be a paradigm shift that we're undergoing right now in terms of how we produce, how we think how we establish our, our identity, not even just as creative people, but as any kind of person. What really should you be thinking and looking at? Um, you know, um, somehow, especially Americans, and every, whenever something is developed, a new technological development, they always seem to be thinking, well, that's the new thing. And they kind of get on it, just full throttle. They throw it in everything. They put it in watches. They'll put it in your, in your, on your fridge. They just go crazy. Here's the hopeful part. Really, uh, most people and a lot of people still find way more attractive something that's produced by a human. And I think this will go on for a long time. The reason I think that is not only because there will be some holdouts, but also because uh, there is some, there is a, a, a tremendous amount of related. We want some, sometimes when we connect with, say, a book I see behind you, you know, and I'll just, we'll go to the page. Wow, oh, we like this book. I want to know more about this writer. You want to know about the, the you know sometimes you don't learn very much or what you learn is very superficial where where they went to school or the name you know certain things and yet that enigma that something's real that someone really lived through so many of these ideas and concocted all of this 
is incredibly compelling. Um, well, look at Kindle and all of the eBooks. You know, when when the eBook apps came out and bookstores started shutting down, people were thinking that physical copies of books would be gone forever. But that, and while there were a lot of closures of bookstores, physical copies of books have a new meaning and a new value today. Yeah. And it's also interesting, the other thought I had as, as society does some kind of shift with, with artificial intelligence is that you would, you would have thought the advents of film, filmmaking would have totally killed and destroyed theater because what's the use, what's the point of theater? You don't have to schedule your week out to try to get tickets for this limited seating experience. You can sit in the comfort of your own room, your own house, or you know, go to a movie theater, have amazing technology, have amazing effects, and you get every close-ups on all but the it's esoteric, right? Away. But it's esoteric. And it's something I said the last time I, I was trying in fact maybe I stopped myself. And one of the routes that people like like who we are you said it right from the get-go. You know, it doesn't matter what happens. I'm going to continue to write. That's what I'm going to do because that's integral to my identity. That's who I am and that's what I'm going to do, which I really connect with. Um, so what I mean by esoteric is that we might be in the process. Who knows? But it could go a couple of ways. One of the ways that it could go, and this is why it's hopeful. So anybody that's trying to get into writing and you're, you're 20 years old and you think, shoot, why even learn this? Why even become? We're, both of us are English majors. I hope it's okay to say I love being an English major because um, it's very, very technologically backward as you can get. It's a text and it's your mind and something to write with about these things. It's really about what's in here in this head. I'm pointing to my head um, because um, it, it's, it's, it's the only medium that we need. It's really an amazing uh, interaction. But the, one of the ways that it could go is that we become an, a community of, of outlier artists you know theater is a good example but so is um painting right yeah it became very esoteric it's it's really unfortunately still good painting you know quality painting um is really the milieu oh that's pretty fancy of a very thin small and very usually very rich very elite portion of society right it's almost yeah. like these artists, and there are, are other artists. I, I know about little secret societies, which I'm not going to tell. Not society, but communities, places. I'm not going to tell them anywhere where they are, but where they create all this stuff. They're like these artist communes, and they're spread out. Um, and and they're doing it. They're doing it because they that's what they do. You know, They're doing it for each other. Uh, in, I, mean, I doubt that we're going to do it that way, but in a way, it could point to an es the, the esoteric nature of what we do. Um, or, or we duke it out and we establish ourselves, our identity, and we say, we are, um, we are yeah. this, and we are not going to have room. Remember when I talked about room, I don't want to use a German word, Lebensraum, because it sounds kind of bad, but really when there's two, when there are two things, two, and, and I want to give you a chance to respond to this. Uh, so when there are two things, uh, one is an entity that is human and flawed and everything and another has figured out how to copy the human uh what room is there for one and the other 
can they coexist? Do we? Well, I think I, you know what I, you know. What I think it's going to boil down to is how do you verify that what you're getting was written by human beings? I mean, that's kind of what the yes. the yes. Hollywood writer strike kind of raises some huge questions. Like, here is an AI script. Now you just kind of massage it and yes. name on it. But you know, we all know that the AI actually wrote it. Um, you know, there's so many ways now you have to verify who you are on YouTube. You have to, you know, submit some kind of identification to do certain things. Yeah. How do you verify that you wrote this book and it was not AI generated, you know, and that's kind of like, well, this is kind of like what we're doing here. We are being super transparent, right? And yeah. Yeah. I mean, but one other, another thing that's happening, remember in, in Blade Runner, what's that called? The high forgets? I can't say it. The, the test, basically like a touring test for humanity. One of the most exciting things about this, uh, de the development of AI for me, is that when we have something like this, it puts the onus on us to define what is human, to define ourselves. Something yeah. finally is getting into uh, which we created uh, and is us in every way, in a lot of ways. And it's going to really put, put it back on us. It's like, wait, what, what is human? What are the fundamental things? And I love that you said that because we are going to have to develop uh, the humanity. We're going to have to have some way to say, well, this this is this has the brand of human created and this has the brand of AI created. That makes me wonder what chat GPT would think about that. Are you saying that the real issue when it comes to AI writing versus human writing is authenticity and that that is not a new question that that's always been a question with with writing authenticity well more i'm saying that what people connect with people connect with something they feel is real in some way or it's that someone real wrote it in some way you know that's what the, that's why that book a million little pieces or something like that was so successful uh was because it the writer said that it was based on his true life, that those things had happened. And in fact, it was really actually a really very good piece of fiction, most of it, even though there were parts that really happened, according to him. Uh, and should it matter? Should it not? That was a big question in those days. It really stuck with me. I remember you talking about there were other books that I remember you and I talking about uh, that had to do with. Uh, and, I, and it's not just authenticity, but the idea that uh, that something was created by a person that someone it's something's really about somebody's life you know and it ends up not being so we you and i had questions about you which you i think you forgot now it's like well what's the difference if it's fiction it's great fiction but yeah. if that 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 based on a true story part what's the difference what is the difference yeah because if the reader enjoys what they read and it moves their soul and it was a, I don't know, it was a, it was, it was an enlightening experience reading the book. Why, why does it matter? I mean, but it does matter at the same time. Yeah. That's why it does matter whether it's generated or not. So I just asked ChatGPT, what is the difference between AI writing and, and human writing? In summary, while AI writing can mimic certain aspects of human writing, it lacks the depth of understanding, creativity, emotion, intention, and ethical awareness that comes naturally to humans. 
human writing is a complex interplay of personal experiences, emotions, and linguistic understanding that sets it apart from the capabilities of AI-generated text. So. Sure. But, but, <laughs> but I think that well, it's fine, but it's just so... Uh, you tell me what you think. What, what I was trying to tell you is that so you kind of got a little bit thinking, and then you got asking the, the AI. But what I want to do is us ask the questions, you know. And it's good that you did. I like that you that you did that. That was a, a really good um, moment, um, you know. Because what about something that's been ghostwritten versus, you know? So let's say um, you know, we have a very famous person, and we have a lot of these famous people, and they write their story of their my time at the White House, or my time in this, or my time as a Hollywood producer, and. I can get, almost guarantee you that none of these guys wrote these books. They were all ghostwritten. You know, is the AI like a ghostwriter? And what's wrong with that? I mean, you books sell a lot. You get a bunch of you get a lot of moron comics. Sorry if you're a moron comic uh, comedian or something, and they go, like, "Hey, here's my book. I have fun with you." And their little corny picture with it. And- I agree, I agree. I don't think. Yeah, when it comes to the you know ghostwriting, I don't think there's much difference. Personally, would you do a ghostwriting job? What's that? Would you do a ghostwriting job? Yeah, I'm kind of doing a ghostwriting job right now for my dad. I'm trying to trans- No, that's not the same. That's not the same. But it's it's a it's giving me that perspective like how how do I go about? It? It's yeah, kind it of is. as a ghostwriter, but let me tell you this, as a ghostwriter, I would not be against ghostwriting cuz what yeah. it does is it gives you a certain sense of security that you're hiding behind somebody else's name and it's uh, it gives you a certain level. It takes away some of the anxiety um, if you ever get self-conscious, but no, oh, that was like, <laughs> um, but anyway, <laughs> that's you. But anyway, I love that you said that because, um, yeah, I I would take a ghostwriting job because it's a job in writing. I mean, you're not going to have your name on it and everything. Is it ethical? That's not my problem. That's the other person's. You know, yeah. would I have if I were a person that made it somehow in, of importance? Would I have something ghostwritten for me? I don't think I would because that would not be authentic to me. The only inauthentic part of all of that is that somebody said that they wrote a book that's about their life and they really didn't. They just fed it to somebody else. It'd be more honest to just say, let me let's do a documentary style book or something like that, a biography or authorize a biography. But now the person saying, no, I wrote this book. You know, it's my book. I wrote it. And they're, you know, they might have written some some notes to make it or something. You know, the ghostwriter takes there's an interesting movie with Ian McGregor and, and it's about a ghostwriter, which is a kind of a thriller it's not a very thought-provoking movie, but I like it just because it's about a writer. <laughs> and that's the only What's reason. It called? I Do you know what it's called? I think it's just called Ghostwriter or something. I can okay. find it. But it's it's a it's a decently well-produced thriller that's a, like in a B level that it probably an AI could write that script. But I like because I like it because it brings you know this this ghostwriter to the back. I've never seen a story about a ghostwriter. I don't want my stories to be generic enough that you could just plug in the plot into AI and it would generate a book. I want mine to be truly unique and it to thine self. And, and that's where it's like some of the, like the subjects that I'm writing about where it shows that they always focus on spirituality and how Christianity is like this feels like this archaic form in a modern world. And yet it exposes all the artificialities of the modern world. And that's not something that's being done 
or overly done. And so that's kind of, I get hope about the uniqueness of my projects and, I, and it makes me want to continue to be sure that I focus on being authentic to, you know, what I want to write about, what I want to express. But I'm not against using artificial intelligence to help with the editing process. I want to test it out though. And I am curious because this is what we want to do. This is what you and I said we were going to do. And I think we're both a little bit hesitant about it. But can we hack a book at all using artificial intelligence to save us time and still feel <laughs> still feel good enough about ourselves to publish it? Well, I'll end with this. You might know or you might not know that it is said that at the Temple of Apollo, when you entered it in gold inscription, there was a, word, a phrase and it said, know thyself. So maybe we will. It's implied that if we do, that it opens up the secrets of the entire universe. Yeah, well said. All right. Good discussion. And until next time, we'll see you, Rob. Take it easy. Catch us next time when we discuss KDP's new AI disclosure requirement, the influences of trends in the publishing industry, and the challenge of historical fiction. Until next time, hack it till you make it.